Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. My friend Jen sent me an interesting question, and she is on the worship team at her church. I have heard her sing. She has a beautiful heart of worship that she pours out before the Lord. And she said, there is a woman on the team that I simply do not mesh with very well. And, you know, the initial response, I think, for most of us in the church is kind of like, oh, well, this is what the Lord does. He puts hard-to-love people in our path in order to grow our patience. Or we have some variation on that, like, I am the problem here. The Lord is bringing people in order to refine me and rough out or smooth out the rough edges. And I mean, there's horrible ways of putting it like, this is my cross to bear, which to me is kind of blasphemous. So I wouldn't go quite that far, but we all have heard this kind of, oh, I don't know if it's like Christian platitude, but that would be where I would have gone 10 or 15 years ago. Like, oh, I'm sorry you don't get along with this person. Bummer, we'll pray for patience. And so having lived through an experience where I had someone in my house that in retrospect was demonized in certain ways, which again is not necessarily a problem. I think most of us are. And then we can pray through that as the Lord reveals and gives wisdom. But still, like I know what it is to have somebody where you kind of loathe them and you don't you don't want to you feel vaguely unchristian or overtly unchristian for the lack of love in your heart toward this precious creation of the lord and yet the loathing remains and for a long time i thought that that was my own sin and i wasn't even sure i was saved because of this sense of loathing until I was able to talk this out with someone who had more experience and they were able to say, no, if you take in a foster child, if you take in an adopted child, they come carrying baggage and it is actually pretty normal for the godly part of you to rise up and not want the ungodly thing that they're carrying to be part of your life. That actually makes sense. And I realized then that I had been taking that loathing that was actually a gift of perception and discernment from the Lord. And I had been calling it something ugly and frankly, calling it a sin. And I, when I realized that I had such a time of repenting before the Lord, because I think we all ask for more discernment, right? Like we would all like to be more wise. And yet I think sometimes we miss when the Lord actually sends it because it doesn't look the way we're expecting. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, give us more wisdom. We cry out for more of you. Oh, so what fascinated me though about this particular story from my friend Jen was she said there, this other person on the team in her mind is kind of showy and flashy and not actually carrying a heart of worship, but carrying a heart more like, Hey, look at me. (laughs) Something like that, maybe. And it was interesting to me because I thought as soon as she said that, I had a really vivid flashback to a person in my own experience who would lead worship. And it wasn't like she wore provocative clothing. It wasn't like she was doing any kind of, you know, shimmy or waggling her hips in any kind of way. But there was something about her that when she led worship, I was like, 
oh, she's just doing it for the attention. There's, it does not feel whole and wholesome. It feels very ugly. And that is odd to me. Like even now looking back, I'm like, what, why did I think that? And that would have been well before any, any of this understanding of discernment or anything like that came um, into my consciousness. So it was interesting to go, oh, I actually know exactly what you're talking about and I'm sorry. And so I guess my first exhortation around this topic is to say, this actually does happen. (laughs) And in some of the circles that I've been part of, they would probably call that a Jezebel spirit. And so if you think about the story of Elijah, you have the wicked Queen Jezebel, the priestess of Baal, married to the wicked King Ahab of Israel. And her method was kind of just like blatant seduction of people. I mean, when you have the person who is coming to throw or like to overthrow her, Jehu, when she heard he was coming, she went and put makeup on. And she was not young at this point. She she had been alive after her husband died for 16 years or something at this point. So she puts on her makeup and stands at the window and calls down to him. And there's an element of saying she's trying to use her charm. She's trying to use this kind of flashiness in order to gain some kind of an edge, in order to gain some kind of control. And we see this in the world. We see this in the realm of the church. So, uh, you know, it's also interesting, The one of the churches in the book of Revelation, there's the seven letters written. And in one of them, <laughs> Jesus is pretty clear, like, you have tolerated this woman Jezebel. That isn't, I am not okay with that. You need to get her out. And so, okay, that is, that's, I have read a book about this. I would not say I'm at all an expert on the Jezebel spirit. I don't even want to be an expert on the Jezebel spirit. (laughs) I think there's, there are some that are just really, really mean. And that's kind of word on the street is that would be one that's just really mean. And so in terms of then, how do you move forward when you have somebody like this in your realm? And it's especially hard because if you were in the position of authority, like if my friend Jen was the actual worship leader of the entire group and in charge, then she could say, you know, I, I think let's have you take a break for a little bit. There's a it's a good time for you to just be with the Lord. And, you know, some kind of, I'm not saying you can't ever come back, but I'm just saying, let's have you take a break for a while. Um, but when you're just a, a co-person, then what do you do with that? And I don't necessarily have an answer. <laughs> I think as with many things relationally, it's really complex. <laughs> and so this would be something to just go before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't think that this is right, what's happening, but I don't actually know how to move forward. I'm not convinced that she's sinning necessarily against me, but what do you do if somebody's carrying something that is not actually helpful? And it's, I appreciate so much the perspective that, uh, that John Arnott said at one point when he was asking the Lord, how is it possible that believers are somehow permitted to have unclean spirits in them. 
or on them or however you want to think about it. And the Lord was like, how is it possible that anything unclean would dwell anywhere in the universe where I dwell? (laughs) And there's a part where you're like, oh yeah, good question. And so to me, it's not necessarily even a problem if a person is carrying one of those things. It's, but the question isn't, how do you neutralize it? And so it could be that if you are really like for Jen, I think probably the first thing to do would be to say, these are some, go to the leader, the one who does actually have the authority and say, these are some of the concerns that I have. This is, I, I don't know how to address it, but these are concerns. And I have been praying through this for some time now and maybe talk through the process that you've gone through. And if there's anything beyond just kind of an internal feeling of sickness or whatever it might be, um, just talk some of those things through and then say, it is enough of a distraction for me. Can I respectfully request that I'm not put or scheduled on the same Sunday as she's scheduled? Would that be a possibility? Is there... um, And all of these things are bathed in prayer because we recognize that when you're dealing with a spiritual enemy, that you need the spiritual defenses. And so, yeah, Lord, I am asking that as we come to you seeking truly to be able to worship in spirit and in truth, we want our our worship to be so pure before you. We want our hearts to be pure. We want our lives to be laid down offerings that are offered for you. And so Jesus, from this place of just genuine grief over the ways that we don't measure up to our own standards sometimes, let alone yours, in the ways that we recognize that those around us also struggle, Lord, we pray for wisdom to know how to navigate some of these challenges. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of discernment. And then we ask for the gift of wisdom. Lord, it was so interesting to me that uh, it's the men of Issachar are described as men who knew the times and knew what they should do. Lord, in other places, there are other advisors who understood the times, but they're not given that same uh, second part. They, they didn't know what they should do. It's not stated like that. It's just left off. But Lord, it's amazing to think if you don't know what you should do, it kind of doesn't matter even if you understand the times. And so I'm asking, Lord, for a release of your spirit to be able to show the way forward. Lord, that after you send the discernment, that then you would send the wisdom that's needed as well. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oops.